Hey, private community. Happy Thursday. Wanted to come on and do the thought of the day today. Um, I have to repent because I have not been praying on the live before I go, and I should be doing that. God, forgive me. Obviously, I pray before I come on, um, or I'm in prayer, but, um, we got to get in the habit of specifically praying when we're going to start a task. My hair is wild, y'all. Don't talk about it. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to have this platform, this opportunity, Father God, to be able to uh, break open your word, get revelation, get direction, hear directly from you. So we ask that you give revelation that you allow us to hear from you, Father God, on the topic of today. Holy Spirit, you speak, not my will, not my words, but yours. I now decrease that you may increase. I am now a willing vessel. Father, we repent for anything that would block us from hearing what it is that you have to say to us. In the holy and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. A to the man, man, man. I'm excited about the thought of the day today. It is on demonic authority. Whoa, right? Like, oh, pump the brakes, huh? Um, We've been talking about spiritual authority. We've been talking about increasing spiritual authority. We've talked about boundaries. We've talked about um, speaking in tongues and just the art of warfare, the art of uh, shifting atmospheres. And now we're going into a topic that is very difficult um, for some people to digest. Forgive me for this phone. Doesn't stop. I tell you, doesn't stop, y'all. The topic of today is demonic authority. Yes, demons have authority. Yes, they have power. But there's a misconception to it, and we're going to dive into that, okay? Uh, Our scripture is out of Acts 19, verse 13, and then we go over to verse 15. And so, I was reading it in this translation from the word of the day, and it leaves out some stuff. And here's my thing about translations of the word of God. When we get into NIV and we get into passion and we get into message, we take away content that we need to know. And if we're studying on demonic authority, we need all of the meat and potatoes, whether or not it's hard to understand. So I'm going to read two different verses. I'm going to read this version in the study, but I'm going to bust out my old faithful King James Life Application Bible and read this. Get your Bibles. Do y'all hear me? Get your Bibles. We need to have the Word of God. We need to have... I'm going to see if I can fix this light because I look like the last of the Mohicans. Oh, look at that. She's a little bit brighter. Um, We need to have the Word of God. We need to have our Bibles. We... I I encourage King James. I, I do. King James forces you to rely on Holy Spirit. It forces you 
to trust and surrender to him to lead and guide and to speak to you. And I love the fact that I'm able to put myself in that position. Do we have other resources? Absolutely. We study the word of God by going to our commentaries, um, by going into the study portions of the Bible. I mean, I have so many different commentaries that I use. You have, um, we have the Strong's um, Expanded Exhaustive Concordance. I mean, that sucker breaks down words. We got to break down words. We got to break down verses, sentences, and paragraphs. That's part of studying. Um, We're going to get into that as we continue to develop the community. But I want to dive into this topic because we are all struggling in some area with giving access to the demonic, to the darkness, to the enemy. Um, The demonic or that word is just another word for the devil. Okay, and so it says in this version, then some of the entrant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. But the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, I recognize, but who are you? Now, they left a lot out in that translation, and this is why we want to go to King James. He doesn't leave nothing out. I even like the amplified version because it it adds more and scripture for you to really study a topic. But let's read what King James says. Acts 19 verse 13 says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus saying we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth and there was seven sons of one Scivia a Jew and a chief of the priests which did so so now we know that there were seven of these Jewish exorcists who Uh, attempted to uh, call out this spirit for monetary gain. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Okay, now we're going to break that down. I want to read the breakdown because this is study. This is how you you get your meat, right? And so, verse 19, 13, vagabond Jews were people who traveled from one town to another. That's why they're vagabonds. They don't really have a place to rest their heads. Making a living in claiming to heal and cast out demons. Often, they would recite a whole list of names in their incantations to be sure of including the right deity, depending on the spirit or the exorcism that they were doing. They would list names who had power over those particular demonic forces. Here they were trying to use Jesus' name in an effort to match Paul's power heart position completely wrong 
Some Ephesians engaged in exorcism and occult practices for profit. We can see that in Acts 19, verse 18 and 19. The sons of Scevia were impressed by Paul, whose power to cast out demons came from God's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Not from witchcraft. They didn't see the difference and was obviously more powerful than theirs. This, they discovered, however, that one cannot control or duplicate God's power. These men were calling upon the name of Jesus without knowing him personally. The power to change people is in the person of Jesus Christ. It cannot be tapped by reciting his name like a magic charm. God works his power only through those he chooses. Come on. And so I had to look up another verse because this is important. Okay. What this study is really gearing towards and looking at. I'm on everything we're studying, you guys, is relationship. Relationship, intimacy, knowing the word of God, reading the word of God, communing with and through the word of God with Holy Spirit is the foundation of all that we aspire to be as far as becoming like Christ. We have to have relationship. We have to have consistency of being in the word of God. We have to have consistency in studying the Word of God. We have to have consistency in prayer. Why? Because we are against opposition. But most importantly, we are partnered with demonic presence, demonic activities. Uh, We don't see them because of the form of manipulation that they are able to use. But let's look at idolizing things. If I get home every day and I have to watch uh, CNN or uh, whatever popular television show this day at this time or every day at this time, I'm idolizing that thing. If the first thing that I have to do is jump up, wash my body, get dressed and head to my job, it's my idol. If I have to get a cup of coffee in the morning the first thing before I even talk to the father, before I even do anything that regards him, that's my idol. So in those things seeming harmless to our day-to-day activities, our day-to-day habits or behaviors, um, our idols, but to us seem harmless, then we've partnered with making something more important or a priority over God. That steps into the demonic. That steps into idolizing things. That gives the enemy access into our lives. Why? Because we we set our day or the tone of our day or the encounters of the day based on the things that we see are more important. And if anything outside of of speaking to God, the first thing we do when we open our eyes and, and move out our beds is anything other than speaking to Abba, We need to fix it because we're giving the enemy access to do things in our lives. And then this goes deeper into our behavior 
and into our interactions that are not healthy, that are not holy, that are not aligned with the word of God, we give the enemy access. I'm speaking to myself. I'm always highlight myself. The word of God says, <clears throat> I'm sorry. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, the sanctification and redemption, okay? And if I broke that down into an easier version for some of us, it would say, it is because of him, Jesus, that it is because of him, God, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. So we are to be uh, seated in heavenly places next to Christ Jesus. But most importantly, we are to be in Christ Jesus. Um, One preacher said it's almost like being in an electric wheelchair or a metaphor of being in a device that you go everywhere in this device. And if you're outside of this device, you actually go nowhere. So if you took a mobile chair that can take you everywhere without you having to depend on yourself, then that would be the same difference as being in Christ Jesus. Everything that I do is within this mobile, i.e. Christ Jesus. And so no matter which way I go, no matter which way I turn, in my mind, in my spirit, in my heart, in my soul, I'm in Christ Jesus. And anytime I get out of this mobile device, i.e. Christ Jesus, I can do nothing, I can go nowhere. How many of us are thinking that way in our day-to-day activities? How many of us are thinking that I am moving in Christ Jesus. Today I woke up and I glorified God based on my scriptures that popped up in my alarm at four, at five, and at six. I even woke up before they went off and I was like, bless the Lord all my soul. It's beginning to ingrain in who you are. It just, it just happens. Um, <coughs> Father, I draw near to you that you will draw near to me. Father, help me to be in you that, <clears throat> that I, and, and let me tell you, let me tell you, Psalms 119, the, the Psalm, and I'm going to it because we, we need to do this. We need to just have these moments where we just bust it out. You know, I've highlighted, I began to pray today, um, <clears throat> Psalms 119, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I changed it to God, help me to hide your word in my heart. Holy Spirit, empower me to know and to learn how to hide your word in my heart. Open my eyes that I might behold the wonders of the things out of your law, out of your word, out of your heart, out of who you are. My soul melted for heavenliness strengthen me according to your word. And I turn it around. Holy Spirit, help my soul to melt at the heavenliness of who God is. And help me, Father God, to be strengthened by your word. Help me to be in your word so that I can be strengthened by your word. Help it to be my priority in the day. I I, I love 119 because you can keep going. 
Father, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Or Holy Spirit, help your word to be the lamp to everything that I do, everywhere that I walk, and a light to every path that the will for my life that you have predestined for me aligns with. Help it to be the light of the day for me. I will never forget your precepts. I won't forget your words. For with them, you have quickened me. For with them, I you keep me. I am steadfast. I am unmovable. When a circumstance or a situation arises because of your word that keeps me, because of your word that brings remembrance, the very thing that I need to speak life into a dark situation, I now no longer partner with the situation, i.e. the enemy, i.e. the demonic, but I partner with your word and I speak that into my situation. Does your day look like that? If not, let's talk. If not, message me. If not, call me. If not, reach out in the private community to one of us experts that you relate to and let's align. Because what we're getting ready to learn today is that if we're not in this space, the word of God, if we are not aligning, if our day does not look like that, we need to have the conversation. This is what this this is about life or death. This is about you wanting change for 2020 or you want to stay where you are. This is about being willing to be uncomfortable, to disconnect from the demonic, to disconnect from the unhealthy ways, to disconnect from the unhealthy habits of our lives so that we can move in a trajectory that was designed for us to move in, so that we can live in a quality of life that we were designed to live in, so that we can break all misconceptions all manipulation, all false lenses of the enemy so that we can disconnect from the demonic and move into our destiny, into our purpose, which was predestined before the foundations of the earth. Go back to my scripture. You better come and talk, Holy Spirit. And so 1 Corinthians 1 Uh, Chapter 1, verse 30 lets us know that it is because of God that we are in Christ Jesus. He set the stage for the new covenant that we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. That when He looks down from heaven and He sees us, He sees the blood of Jesus that we are saturated in, that we are whole, that we are holy, and that we are righteous. I love it. I was listening to T.D. Jakes this morning, and it's like I've asked God to make the word come to life in my head, and, and I have a hard time visualizing stuff because of the trauma of my childhood, that my imagination has been stunted in so many ways, but if I tell you, T.D. Jake said, God's throne is heaven, and the earth is his footstool. Now, why is this a big deal to me? Because I have been going deeper in prayer and intercession into the courts of heaven. And I could not wrap my mind around people who said, I see God sitting on a throne. And I'm thinking, okay, I want to see God sitting on a throne. Now, I can see Jesus sitting on a throne. Because to me, Jesus encompasses a form of God that we can relate to is one of the primary reasons why he walked on earth so that we could have a savior we could relate to because our minds are so finite that we can't relate to God as being almighty without 
him being endless and we have no point of reference. And with Jesus, we have a point of reference. We have a point of identity. We have a point of likeness that we can wrap our human, our carnal, our physical minds around and grasp a form of understanding of godliness, a form of understanding of holiness. He he is that for us. So I can picture him, but when he put it into perspective, and I've probably heard this a million times, but it's something about asking God to make the word living and breathing for you that things begin to just highlight. Things begin to be illuminated. And in that moment, I could see the enormity of God, the enormousness of the Father, God himself, being so vast that heaven is only the one thing that I could think of that would hold all that he is that he could sit over. And to me, heaven is enormously big. It is endless, I believe. And so to know that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool brought things into perspective. Why am I saying that? Because it gives me perspective of how I can be in Christ Jesus, how it is possible to be in Christ Jesus, how it is possible to move into this all-knowing being if we can just ask God to help us wrap our minds around the thing, lean on God for his visions, his perspectives, his eye openers, his illumination, and not our carnal mind, our carnal thoughts, but lean on God to illuminate the word and just the very being of who he is, even if it's how big are you, open up my mind to that. And it says in the study portion, God is the source of our relationship with Christ. Of him are ye in Christ Jesus. That relationship is personal and living. Our union and identification, who we are, I identity with him results in our having God's wisdom, Colossians 2 and 3. We have to have the wisdom of God. We have to have divine wisdom by asking for it and seeking out the fear of the Lord. Processing right standing with God, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Being holy, set apart, sanctified, which only Jesus Christ can do, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7. And having the penalty of our sins paid by Jesus, Mark 10, 45. Chapter 10, verse 45. I love the breakdown of that, you guys, because it really speaks to all that God has done through Christ Jesus for us to not have to partner with the demonic. Amen. And so if I go and read the study portion, and then we'll go into the study of Acts 19, verse 13 and 15. It says, um, oh, I read that already. I read that already. It spoke about the vagabond Jews. So what we see in this scripture um, or this paragraph is that there were these Jews who knew the word, who knew of God, who knew of Paul, who knew of Jesus, but they didn't have relationship. They didn't believe in God. They didn't believe in what he could do. They didn't believe in his powers, but they, they, they believed in what they saw Paul do because they could visually see him. So their faith, if any, was put in what they could see the man do without really paying attention to the source of what the man could do. And we see that a lot today in a lot of our interactions where we're looking at what people do, what the people of God do, what the groups of people do, 
and we're not looking at how they're able to do those things, even if those things are godly. So we're equating what man can do to power instead of what man can do through Holy Spirit that gives them power. And come back from that. We have authority over we have authority and dominion in Christ. We have authority and dominion within Christ Jesus. Outside of him we can do nothing. The word of God says that we are he is the the tree, we are the vines and outside of him, inside of him, we can do all things outside. We can do nothing. Uh, if we abide in him and he abide in us, then we would bear great fruit. I kind of slaughtered that scripture, but I know it goes along those precepts because I used to recite it all the time. But if we abide in him and he and I, we will bear much fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Are the people that you associate with, that you hang around with, that feed and pour into you, are they bearing fruit? Can you identify the fruit? Is there fruits of the spirit? When you talk about people who you identify with, who you hang out or who you let pour into you, what is what is the reverberating sound when that person's name is spoken? What, what do you hear? Is it is it fruit bearing? Is it righteous? What, what, what are you hearing when that person's name is spoken? We want to make sure that we're hanging and we're being poured into by people who are bearing fruit by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one who produces fruit in us. And the only way Holy Spirit produces fruit or the fruits of the Spirit, not the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the character of the Spirit, the traits of the Spirit, the healthy habits of the Spirit is through relationship. We become a man looking in a mirror and we begin to become that that person that we see in the mirror. We begin to become that person we see in the Bible. The Bible is the mirror. And as we read it, as we look at it, we become what it is. As we study it, as we meditate on it, we become what it says we are. We become what it says Jesus was. We become what the righteous people were. So good. So we know now that we have no authority and no dominion if we're not in Christ. We know now that if we're not partnered with Christ in all that we do, that we're not partnered with the right thing. But God is still a respecter of boundaries. Certain unclean spirits possess authority over persons, cities, and regions because of partnership with sin. Come on. When we partner with a thing, we give it power and authority over our lives. When we partner with something that is not good for us, something that is not healthy and we know it, we then give it the right to wreak havoc in our lives. What are we partnered with today? We must ask God for his covering before advancing towards these empowered spirits. So this is talking about intercession. This is talking about going after things spiritually um, in the demonic, in the dark realm, praying against things, rebuking things. You know, we are so quick to... um, to recite the scripture, what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But, but, but what we don't understand is it's not enough just to say that. 
When we're, when we're repeating that scripture, when we're repeating that and reciting that, do we know if heaven is partnered with the very thing that we're trying to bind? Are we in the word of God to know that I'm going to bind this thing and heaven is partnered with me on binding this because the word of God says that? Is that my territory to be stepping into? Have, have I laid out enough? Has God said, go after this enough for me to go bind and loose? Am I in relationship enough that I am walking like Paul through Holy Spirit to cast out, to overrule, to bind up, to loose these things? Or am I like the vagabonds walking around wanting to be like Paul, wanting to be like pastor, but not dedicating the time for relationship, not committing, not putting my all in, not putting my hand to the plow and not looking back? Where am I? Where are you today? People who partner with evil spirits through sin, through ignorance. Now, I lost a friend by by calling out ignorance. And if we really look at ignorance and people get so offended, and I love Psalms 119. I read it today. Um because I knew I was going to have some conversations and I did not want to be offended. And I know that the word of God is so important that we ingest it and digest it and live on it practically. So I went to the word of God. Okay. And I went to Psalms 119. Oh, you guys so good. So good. And I read this. We need to get this because we need to stop being offended so easily out of ignorance out of lack ignorance means lack of understanding lack of knowledge lack of education you just don't know not that you're stupid and you're dumb and you ride the little bus with a helmet not all the things that you were poured into that you associate that word with ignorance is just i just don't know and that's okay it's okay to not know but what it's not okay is to not know and get offended because you don't know so you act out of a a emotion and a behavior that is not aligned with God because you became offended in your ignorance. And so I read this scripture and I encourage you, Psalms 119 verse 165. Yes, there is 176 verses in this chapter of nothing but wisdom and direction. Get in it, get in it. And it says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I've struggled with offense. I've struggled with the spirit of offense on my jobs, interacting with people, interacting with people's personality and their character, interacting with my family. And I wonder why I was always, why my mood was always shifted, why I was always so emotional. And God taught me in my war room with a friend, we were sitting there on one of my consecration days, which I do every weekend. And she said, I hear the word offense. And it hit me like somebody hit a bell and my head was in the bell. And I went after learning what it is to be offended. The Bait of Satan by John Brevere was an eye opener for me. It helped me to put things in perspective. And I began to no longer partner with the spirit of offense. And I gained power back in my life because I no longer partnered with that demonic force. The word of God says, 
we, if we study the word of God, if we read the word of God, if we ask Holy Spirit for revelation of the word of God, that we will have great peace because we love the word of God. So our prayer is, Holy Spirit, give me such a hunger and desire for the word of God, to study the word of God, to seek you for revelation on the word of God, so that I can have great peace and not be offended by anything. It says, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. If the word of God says nothing will offend us, if we love the word, if we live in the word, then it is so. Pam has me on this fix of if it says it in the word, it is so. Period. And and it's an eye-opener to me because we decree a thing out of the word of God that's within the will of God for our lives. It is so. Mm. Let me keep going because I'm getting excited about that. People who partner with evil spirits through sin, ignorance, or lies hand over the keys to their spiritual domains. We partner with what somebody said, somebody said X, Y, Z about me, we partner with that thing. Or we misinterpret what the Spirit of God is saying and we partner with that thing. We don't chase after answers. We don't come and bounce it off of wise counsel. Hear well what might might be said about what I feel I'm hearing or what I've experienced and how I should address it or how I should move forward. This is why the word of God says have wise counsel. This is why the word of God uh, teaches us how to make godly decisions. Uh, we talked about the, the seven traits of the spirit of Holy Spirit. One is the spirit of God. Wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. If we're operating in these traits, if we have a wise counsel, we're bouncing things off, we're listening to Holy Spirit, we're lining it with the word of God, we will make better decisions. We will not be in ignorance. We will not live by lies. We will not be tricked or or seduced. We will not be manipulated because our spiritual eyes will be open. Our spiritual hearing will be open. Our spiritual smell, our taste and our touch will be so sensitive to the spirit of God that we will no longer give our keys, our right, our power, our lives over to the enemy to wreak havoc in our homes, in our jobs, in our finances, in our churches, and most of all, in our minds, in our perspectives, and shifting our heart's position off of God. This gives the enemy legal access to their lives and opens doors for demonic harassment. Sorry, you guys. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this day, Father. I ask that you would create in me a clean heart and that you would renew a right and steadfast spirit within me, Father. Bring my heart, posture, and position back to you. Forgive me of anything that was not like you up until this point, God, and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Get those spiritual checks. Set those alarms. Cease. Pray without ceasing. Find ways to incorporate this in your life. My alarms do that all day. I'm telling you, this is a way of life. This is not a life-changing lifestyle that's ever-changing. This is a way of life. Set it. Do it. Be committed to it. Put your hand to the plow. Put in every precaution that you need to stay consistent in the name of Jesus. This gives the enemy legal access. I'm studying through intercession, the courtroom of heaven. 
And I've heard people say it don't take all that. And I beg the differ. It takes all that. There is legality to this thing. There is structure to this thing. There are levels to this thing. And the problem is we don't know enough in our ignorance to know that there are levels. There is structure. There is, excuse me, strategy to this thing. So we walk in oblivion and we give over legally the right to the enemy to accuse us, thereby blocking our blessings, thereby blocking our deliverance, thereby holding up our angels who heard our prayer that went up, but is held up by a demonic force, by a principality, just like it was in the Old Testament. And we wait and we become disappointed and we become weary and well-doing because we don't go the extra mile to know the strategy. I believe that everyone in this group wants to go the extra mile. And I want you to know that when I'm saying we don't, we don't, we should, why aren't we? It's to probe in you. It's to get you uncomfortable to ask the questions of yourself. We, we got too many sermons where we're comfortable and we're happy and we're okay in the areas and in the positioning that we're in and we're not pushing ourselves for the more. We're not pushing ourselves into the uncomfortable. We're, we're, we're relaxing in the comfortability that Jesus loves me and we're forgetting the righteousness of the Father. Just keep going. It, it says, this gives the enemy legal access to their lives and opens doors for demonic harassment. Are you being harassed in some area of your life? If you answer yes, we got to check that. Reach out to us. Reach out to us. We want to we wanna pinpoint it. We want to figure it out. I, I, I counsel people. And so I, I spiritually, spiritual counselor, just so you know, it's something that God is leading me into is to be a consultant to leaders and a spiritual counsel to others. I'm going to start a company on it. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be one of my ways of income because I love, I love talking to people. I love helping people through the word of God. I love seeing the change. I love seeing the growth and I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, But what I realized about one person was we need to identify the access point. And if we can identify the access point, then we can structure a plan to combat the access point, to remove the access point, but not just to remove it, but to stay consistent that it doesn't regain access. The Spirit of God says when we get delivered and the house is all cleaned up and it's spiffy and there's no cobwebs and you do that spring cleaning, that if you are not maintaining that space, just like any space, it gets re-dirty, it gets re-cluttered, and guess what? Seven more stronger than the last come in. Renew your mind daily. If this is the case, the unclean spirits may not be easily removed until all partnership is renounced. What are we partnered with? If you find yourself praying for individuals who suffer from demonic spirits, ask the Holy Spirit to see if this harassment exists due to legal access. If so, pray with them to release God's forgiveness and ask what the Lord wishes to put in its place. One thing I do in prayer time is I say, Holy Spirit, show me if there's any accusation of the enemy that is giving him access to my life, that is giving him access to my ministry, that is giving him access to my finances, and help me, Holy Spirit, to identify those things, to work through those things, and I repent. I remind God of his covenant. 
He says, bring me in remembrance. There is a covenant that we have with God through Jesus Christ, our Savior, through the blood of the Lamb. Bring me in remembrance of your merits, of the covenant that you have with me. Let us then contend together and plead your case so that we can remove the accusation of the enemy, so that we can remove the foothold of the enemy, so that we can remove the dominion and and regain the, the keys and the power and the authority over your life by removing the access. And then... Once we ask for forgiveness, once we identify, ask for forgiveness, our pardon from this thing. If they do not want to sever ties with the demonic, it may be wise to not try to deliver them at all. This is if we're interceding, if we're dealing with others, if we're dealing with ourselves and we're just not ready to let that thing go. We don't feel strong enough. Some people can't help you. You wonder why you're not seeing change. Maybe you're wondering why you don't see a difference. It's because you have to be ready to no longer partner with what that issue is. What is that addiction? What is that need? What is that secret lust? What what is it? What is it that you can't put down? Are you cussing every other minute, every other day, here and there? That's partnership. That's not healthy. Are you, are you going off on somebody in your family because they know you and you're comfortable but you're nice at church? That's partnership. Are you eating unhealthy like me trying to get out of it? That's partnership. Help us today, Father. Help us today. We, got, we can't partner with this thing. Jesus says, now when the unclean spirits go out of a man, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. I didn't read this, so it's, it's confirming the scripture I just told you. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied. We haven't renewed our mind every day. We haven't been in the word of God. We haven't been seeking the things of God. We haven't been worshiping God. We haven't been uh, opening our ear gates to the things of God, our eyes gate, eye gates to the things of God. But we've been opening our eyes and our ears to things that are not of God, that are not divine, that do not feed us healthy. Yes, we might be entertained, but it's not feeding our souls. And that's the most important thing in our life. That's the priority in our life. Because when we die, we ain't got the TV shows or or the radio or the music or the entertainment or the materialistic things. We have our soul to answer to the Father. So it would behoove us to cherish and respect our souls more than the stuff. Hmm. They find it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first state. That is the way it will also be with the evil generation. Matthews 12, 43 through 45. Who is God warning today? Warning comes before destruction. Pride cometh before the fall. God wants us in position so that we can be blessed. God wants us in position so that we can be healed. God wants us in position so that we can live a quality life, so we can live a purpose-filled life, so we can live within the will that he has set and predestined for our life. But there is work to be done. 
private community. When are we going to hear from you? When are we going to interact with you? When are we going to know where you are? We can post assignments. I can do these lives. I can give words of the day. We can we can do that. What is it going to look like when we start the Bible study? Will it be interaction? Do, do you guys want a Bible study? Do you want to go deeper? Do you want to learn how to go deeper? Do you want to do that together? What, what are the Zooms going to look like if I start them? You know, Sunday was one person on the Zoom and we are grateful for the one. God is grateful for the one. We are grateful for the one because we're able to give tools. We're able to get direction. We're able to get input and feedback. But if we don't take the, the, the tools that God gives us and makes ways for us to have and, and work them to their full capacity, we can't expect the growth. I don't know about you, but I want 2020 to be amazing for me. I don't want the things that I have fought to get rid of to come back and find that I've cleaned up the space, but that's all I've done. I haven't continued to live in the space. I haven't continued to continue the healthy base practices in the spirit in the space. So then they're able to just come in because I'm not strong to fight them off. That lust, that desire, that that addiction comes back knocking and I don't have the power to knock it off. God, you said that you wouldn't give me anything more than I could bear. God, you said that when the enemy comes in like a flood, you'd lift up a standard. God, you said that when I'm tempted that you would make a way for me to get out of it. But if I'm not reading my word to stand on those scriptures, to recite those scriptures, to understand the full meaning of those scriptures, there's direction before those scriptures, before those promises. There's direction that I have to follow before those promises. But if I don't know the direction and I'm just spitting out the promise, then I don't have the power and I hold a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Who are those people? Are we those people? If so, let's fix it. I invite you. I implore you. Let's fix it. Mm. I find this to be significant when shifting atmospheres. Just because a demon exists in a person does not mean it is always ready to be cast out. Just because a a behavior exists, just because a bad habit, just because an addiction exists, doesn't mean because I signed up for the private community or I listen to the show or I go to church on Sunday or I serve on the dream team or I hold a small group, doesn't mean that my spirits are just going to go. Doesn't mean that the things I struggle with have to flee if I'm not applying more to this thing. Finding the legal right slash open door that allows it to exist is the first step to working through a deliverance, is the first step to overcoming. So it's not enough just to know that I'm struggling with something and go to church and confess it to God and maybe to another sister and that's it. I don't dig no deeper. I don't press in no more. I don't hold on to the plow a little bit more. I don't cultivate it a little bit more. I don't keep going. I just relax in the space that I'm in. I'm trying. I try. I do it here and there. I fast here and there. I pray here and there. I read here and there. There's more. There's more. When we find out the more, then we can work through deliverance. Partner with Holy Spirit to see why a certain spirit exists in an area or region. 
partner with Holy Spirit. Ask him what accusations the enemy has against you. What are those things that are holding up me from being debt free? What are those things that are holding me up from getting a job? What are those things that he has against me that are holding my marriage from becoming whole? That's keeping my husband from becoming saved? That's keeping my children from coming out of the wayward behavior? That's keeping uh, broken unity in my house? Partner with Holy Spirit to see why certain things exist, why certain spirits exist in an area of your life or in your region. If you're an intercessor in your region, the information will greatly help you to permanently shift the atmosphere. And in the private community, as we're walking through, now we're in the area of prayer and I'm taking it step by step, bit by bit. But I promise you, we're going to get to courts of heaven. We're going to get to shifting atmospheres. We're going to start to move in a deeper form of this thing. But are you doing the work in the small parts of the, of the journey to build the foundation to get into these deeper parts so that you can handle the big stuff? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are for us. We ask for wisdom so we can step forward and release the enemy's hold from our lives. Thank you for showing us ways to discern why certain spirits exist over a person, over us, or a region. Show us how to close any doors that we have opened. Fear, hatred, sexual sin, a cult, so we can walk in wholeness. Give us insight on how to pray for others and what to share with them and how to pray for ourselves. I'm throwing that in so that they and we too can walk free together. Throwing that in. Father, we decree and declare as we draw near to you, God. You said as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. We will grow in authority over the enemy's schemes. We decree and declare the Holy Spirit is giving us wisdom on how to dismantle the enemy's authority over ourselves, others, and our regions. We decree and declare that no weapon formed against us, even though it's formed, even though I see it, it shall not prosper. As long as I abide in you and you abide in me, as long as I lay down the things I struggle with constantly before you, that you sanctify me, that you do the process and I rely on you, that no weapon formed against me as long as I stay within the will of God for my life shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I didn't expect to be that long, but I think it's important for us to digest, dig, dive deep into the word of God. This is how we are to live. This is how we are to survive. Let's keep going. Let's keep digging. Let's keep pressing. Let's keep fighting because there is greater just above the horizon. I love you all. Take care. I'll see you soon. Bye now.